0: Okay, so I'm recording this class. I'm going to go over yesterday's Tanya of Chaf Tevis, the Rambam's set, and today's of Chaf Aleph. I am on my cell, so if it's not clear, please tell me. And I'm actually going to open up and use a Tanya, not that it was given to me, but that somebody who tells them at the second, that's a received from Rebbe. So hopefully the kedusha of the Tanya received from the Rebbe will also penetrate the shear. So we're in Perik's base of Tanya, which is the Perik of the Benoni. And if we're looking at Perik's Yudbez, of course, the Tanya from the Rebbe doesn't have the little markers in it, but that's okay, it's worth it. Okay, so we're talking about the bainoni. and we're saying that the Benoni looks so perfect that it's one neglach, it's impossible for you to imagine that he ever sinned, though he might have, or that he ever will sin, though he might. Because at this moment, his, his complete dedication to the Eivesture is so absolute. Now, the Reptile was yesterday, but if we look at the inner dynamics, the essence of his neshama, not really meaning the essence, meaning the ten krechus, chachma, bina, das, etc., Here's where the issue is. Because they are not the sole rulers of his small city. Each person is a city. Really, each person is also a world. Each person is a unique world. Each person is the purpose of the world. And each person is also compared to a city. This is the muscle of the small city that constantly has the battles who is going to be the victor in the city. And in the muscle of Shlomo we have this foolish, because, of course, the evil is foolish, really king kings that takes over, that builds fortresses, a.k.a. Averis, and then there's a wise man that saves the city with his wisdom, in other words, your neshama, but he's really a miskin, he's really unfortunate, because after he saves the city, no one remembers him, and that's why the cycle continues again. That's Shlomo HaMelech's mashal. The altarebbe, obviously, here by the Benoni, the a foolish king, the wicked king, the Itzahara, never wins. There are never the fortresses of Avilus. The Benoni never sins. But the battle over the city is constant. For the standard Benoni, who we're describing in Pergid Bays, they are higher. It's constant. It's every minute of his life. He looks so perfect and he's always struggling. Except during when he davens Shacharis. From Shema of Shacharis through Shemona Esrei, at that point he is at peace. Why is he at peace? Because Shema, this is not only true for ben we can try to access this as well. Shema of Shacharis is a very auspicious time to draw down what we refer to as Moichen godless, a higher level of Hashem's energies, what you could view as Soyvev, the higher energies that don't normally come down. How do you elicit them? By truly loving Hashem, which is what you're supposed to think about before Shema. The brachos of Shema, the first bracha, which discusses Hashem's greatness, and the second bracha, which discusses Hashem's love for us, when we think of how great He is and how much He loves us, love knows love. So it elicits in me a love for Hashem. This is very practical. There are so many maimarems in the Qutay Torah and Torah of the al Rebbe that go back to explaining Shema and her brachos really wants us to extract the energy of Shema by singing of the brachas to be able to feel true love for Hashem and say Shema with that love. And when you say Shema with that love, this elicits much in the God to come down. I'm going to give a little commercial here, not for something in Tanya, um, but a very other powerful idea for the second bracha, right before Shema, the mm-hmm. says, before you say this bracha, this is the most auspicious time. I'm just saying this because I do this every day. I'd like to share it. It's the most auspicious time to draw down Hashem's Rahmanas. There's a deal, a contract, a brisk between, so to speak, Hashem and his mid of Rahmanas. The Fiyad stops and elicits Hashem's Rachmanus and then says that, Baruchah, Hashem's Rahmanas comes down. So a lot of love for Hashem, elicitation of a lot of energies. When the Mochon de come down on the Bainuni, the Mochon de Galas, are so strong, But it knocks out his Nefesh Bahami Yitzhahara. They just like can't deal with it and they go to sleep, so to speak. Because your Chabad, your Chabad is really connecting to Hashem. Let me backtrack. Before you say the Brachos, when you're saying the Brachus, you're pulling out of yourself a love for Hashem. Feeling this love for Hashem, you say Shema. At this point, the Mokhontak Gabos comes down, anger, Nefesh Bahami Yitzhahara, the evil of your Nevesha Bahami and of course your entire Yitzhahara. So to speak, goes to sleep, meaning is completely knocked out, is in no way opposing you and the vanity of that peace. Now what does he do? Well, he says Shabbat properly. Which means, he connects his Chabad, he's connecting his Chabad to thinking about the enormous greatness of Hashem. As in the passage, shem, 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 shem. he's pulling out his emotions, as in the Ahasta. He's pulling out all this fiery love to cling to Hashem with Torah Nitzah. As in V'haya Im Tishmau, we discuss so many mitzvot of Chinuch and Titzus and 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 all of these mitzvot are all an expression of my love for Hashem. So again, in Shema we have Chabad, my mind connecting to the goddess of Hashem. The Pasuk Shema, we have the midos, especially love, primarily love. In the first paragraph of Shema, V'yachalta, it's supposed to stop and think you're fulfilling the mitzvah, there's a mitzvah, and accept Hashem with love. In the second paragraph, before Vahayim shema, you're supposed to stop, and think you're accepting the mitzvah, saying shema, and accepting the mitzvah, because Vahayim shema is about the mitzvah, which is the natural expression of your love, with fear. Accept Hashem with love, accept Hashem's mitzvah with fear, because fear means I'm going to be very meticulous in my observance of that. If I love Hashem, I can feel a little relaxed. But with fear, I've got to be very, very scrupulous. So accept Hashem's yoke with love and zeva hafta. So you're doing the mitzvah Shema, accept the mitzvahs with fear, with awe, with pittal, and haim Shema, which is all the brachas. At that point, the man is a complete peace, And this extends through Shema But But after you finish this euphora, of the motion, the Ndegadlus, this higher level study of energy leaves, and then his Yitzhar Neveshah Bahami, the evil of the Neveshah Bahami, and the Yitzhar wakes up, and he's back to before, wanting all the tithes. But, he never gives in. And from now to the end of the paragraph, the rep discusses the various techniques. How the baby, who has a very healthy Yitzhar appetite inside of him, manages to control himself, which of course is what we want to know, because we also want to control ourselves. So what are the strategies he uses? Strategy one, Moyashawat al-Halev. At this point, I'm sorry. From here we're starting the Tanya of today. I just didn't mention. So at this point we're starting the Tanya of today. And strategy one, Moyaq Shawat al-Hale. al-Halev means this is how humans are made. It even includes a billion. A human, a yid, and a goy. Our mind is over our heart. We naturally can control our impulses. We all have impulses. We all can feel bad. We can feel depressed. We can feel nervous. We can feel tense. We can feel anxiety. But our mind can remind us, everything in the world is Hashem. There's nothing but Hashem. Whatever's happening to you is Hashem. There's so many times, you know, these little trivial or not-so-trivial things happen, and you just have to look and say, your heart's going like... Psh. And your mind says, this is the apister. He's the world. Nothing's happening. Nothing's helping you outside the apister. Nothing's hurting you outside the apister. This is exactly what I should want. This is good. This is good. Try it on the little things, and then it's easier to try it on the big things. So this is human nature. We can always control ourselves. You know, in America, you can plead innocent. I couldn't stop myself. Right? Yiddish Kavoshu, there's no such thing. You can desire the most horrible things. You can have self-control. Your mind can control you. So the degree you completely the opposite of what your mind was, and the Rabbit says, this is a human ability, meaning, I don't know, if you want to lose weight, mind over heart. Now, let's say you want to lose weight. Let's say you want to become patient. And that was godliness. So it's an even more high-charged mind, not just your human mind over your human heart. It's the godliness in your mind. It's the Nishama in your mind over your human heart, for the sounds of we for sure can be the victor if we demand that discipline of mind over heart. That's strategy one, how the banning never messes up. Strategy two, how the banning never messes up. The power of godliness over evil. I see I'm a little running over time, so I'll say this very briefly. Whenever Shlomo Hamelah compared the relationship of godliness to evil, to light, to darkness. What is the relationship of light and darkness? Well, if the room is dark and you turn on a light, Suddenly, it's not dark anymore. You can have a little light. No, not even a little light. You light a candle. Turn on a flashlight. Strike a match. But darkness is dispelled by the presence of the light. Meaning, when Shalom isn't saying, as Shalom quote is, and I see here, Shalom the wise of all men, says so I have a very big finish for you. I see the advantage of wisdom over folly, a.k.a. godliness over evil. Like the advantage of light over darkness? So I think Shalom I also know wisdom is better than folly. I also know light is better than darkness. What are you trying to tell me? But it's a massive reason. He's trying to tell us something. And what he's trying to tell us is not that light's better than darkness. You know that too. But the relationship of light to darkness is the relationship of wisdom to folly, of godliness to evil, which means the presence of light naturally dispels the darkness without the fight presence of godliness naturally just evil, which is very important. Because we don't want to fight with evil. you fight with something dirty, you get dirty. You don't have to it. Add light. It didn't work. Okay, add more light. Add more light. Add the proper light, the darkness goes away in its own. Second strategy. Third strategy. The chokhmah of the Neshama. The chokhmah is the most powerful, all the powers of the Neshama are powerful. But it made all the powers, probably the strongest one, or definitely you know, high in the competition is Chachmah. Chochmah is the place of Bito. Chochmah, therefore, is the place where the essence, powers of the Neshama, natural love of Hashem, natural fear of Hashem, natural belief of Hashem, natural wisdom for Hashem, are all found because the mitzvah, that spark of Hashem, the essence piece of Hashem inside the Neshama, is found in the Chachmah. How do you access Chochmah? By Bittu. The Chochmah is about so when someone practices negating themselves, submission of self to Hashem's, return, to Hashem's will, then this power of the Mitzvot, of that spark of Hashem, of the natural love and natural fear and natural fear, 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 fear is not And with all of these natural, intense energies, you overwhelm all that foolishness that's trying to play you down. That was the Tanya of today given over to you in a Tanya handed by the Rebbe, and hopefully all the Chaychas should help us, especially in today's Tanya, which is so practical. Take as a practical reality, May Shawatah or take as a practical reality, lightness of darkness, practical reality, and we act this in, and as a who, have the energy to deal with the challenges. Any questions? Star six to unmute yourself. Okay? I hope this did not get messed up. I know one time it got messed up. I I always have this little whatever. I'm like, all right, whatever you want. Good luck.